Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Uh, the other day we uh, had a discussion, actually over the, all this week we've been having discussions about uh, the Tim Hortons response to the minimum wage increase here in the province of Ontario. Uh, that, of course, went into effect in the new year. We know that. That's that's prologue at this stage, right? We It's in effect. It's the law. Forget about the debate. It's already there. The minimum wage is now $14 an hour. That's gone up considerably, right, since last year. Now, many businesses, many chambers of commerce uh, complained about that and said, look, it, we can't absorb this. Uh, you're going to have to do something about it. Uh, and the government came up with a little package of stuff about tax decreases, which, by the way, are not insignificant uh, for small businesses, and put those into play. So what happened uh, just after the new year is some franchise owners in the Tim Hortons chain announced that they were cutting benefits to their employees, said they look at, that we can't absorb all of these extra costs because of the wage increase. We're going to have to do something about it. Uh, you know, Now apparently some employees are going to have to pay for the uniforms, where before that wasn't the case. Uh, there will be a cut to some benefits, et cetera, et cetera. So there were outrage. There were protests across the province at Tim Hortons locations, uh, one here in the Dundas area yesterday, and it's ongoing. But as we've tried to explain in this program, there, it's it's not a simple situation. There are some complexities here. Obviously, the minimum wage policy and, and law now was a factor. Uh, but the franchisees, in, in I, I think in some people's minds, and I think there's some validity to this, uh, find themselves between a rock and a hard place. Now, to try to explain this, I want to bring our technical producer onto the program. Jacob Smith is is the producer. He's the guy that pushes the buttons, gets the microphones on, gets the guests lined up, and the guy that you talk to when you call us to talk about uh, your opinions on the program here on, on 900CHML on the Bill Kelly Show. But he is also a former shift manager and contractor for Tim Hortons. That was in a previous life. And I wanted him to come on and talk about uh, the circumstances in, in the franchise locations themselves. So Jacob, uh, throw the mic on. Come on on and let's, let's talk a little bit about this. You worked for Tim Hortons for a few years, didn't you? For eight years of my life, Bill. Started when I was 15 and then just eight years from there. You go to supervisor, then manager, then you find yourself working for other franchisees and becomes your life. All right, so so you know some of the intricacies of this, and I know that when, when we're having this debate, you've heard this from our callers and from some of the guests we've had on since this debate started. They throw the phrase out there, Tim Hortons, and try to put everybody under the same umbrella, but Head Office, which is Restaurant Brands International, which is an, an international conglomerate, where's their office in Brazil or someplace? It's, it's down in, in South America someplace or Central America. They actually own this. They call the shots. Maybe you can, without getting too technical, get into the power structure here because people are saying, well, why doesn't Tim Hortons just raise the price of the coffee or why don't they just do this or why don't they just do that? My understanding, and I want to get some clarity from you on this, is the franchisees don't have as much wiggle room as the public might think. You're absolutely right. Franchisees really don't have much power because ultimately everything that they pay for, everything that they buy, how they operate their business is ultimately determined by head office. I was back there back when it was TDL who owned the company. Now it's Restaurant Brands International. My last day was actually the day Restaurant Brands International took over. So I haven't seen that power structure exactly, but I imagine it's basically exactly the same where ultimately the number of staff that you have to run based upon the number of sales is determined by head office. If I'm running, say, $700 of sales in an hour during an off hour, I'm expected to have eight people on staff. That's how many I'm supposed to have. I can't make it seven. 
I could make it nine if I want, if I really want to pay out of pocket, but ultimately head office, when they inspect, when they look at our payroll, is ultimately going to say, how many people did you have on shift versus how many sales did you have? Are you actually adjusting? Are you reaching our level of service? A store can't just go out and buy whatever product they want. I remember we, we would buy these 20 kilogram bags of sugar. We went through a lot of sugar. Of course, yeah. importance. Uh, like my store went through 40 kilograms a day. It's a lot of it's sugar. It's a lot of sugar. But the problem is, is you could drive down to Costco and buy the same bags of sugar that head office would sell you for $6 less a bag. Same brand. Same brand of sugar, same bag, same size, same So you, you were paying as a, well, you weren't a franchisee, but I mean, we're, but that franchisee pays a markup to, to Tim Horton's head office for that stuff that they could have bought at Costco, for instance. Absolutely. So that's 12 bucks a day in the case of my store, in the case of that sugar. But ultimately, every product, with the exception of milk products, strangely enough, every product that the store uses has to come through head office, and head office is going to charge a markup on top of their franchise fee and on top of the cut that they get on, on sales. So so that's that element there. Yes. Uh, my understanding also, and I don't want to get into the, facts, or the, the exact numbers, but as a franchise franchisee let's assume that you're a franchisee for a second uh and here's here's your your weekly take or your monthly take okay you're looking at the books now mm -hmm. you have to pay head office before you pay a nickel to yourself or to your staff or to anybody else they, there's a fee that you have to put out yeah head office is not going to reduce their rate because the, you had a bad month in terms of sales you ultimately have to pay them if you actually want to keep your franchise license. So it's X number of dollars, mm -hmm. and if you uh, if you exceed sales, well, that's great for you. If yeah. you if you don't meet your sales targets, you still have to pay X number of dollars. Precisely, and generally, uh, especially for franchise owners who haven't been in the business very long, you do that by taking out a loan. You put yourself into debt in order to make sure that head office gets paid. So you're paying head office, and at the same time, yeah. there's another expense. It's like it's like somebody who goes through medical school. You got to pay off the loan mm -hmm. uh, while you're trying to run your business at the same time. And the reason we're doing this is, I, I can't say I'm not trying to create a sympathetic situation for the franchisees. I just think it's important for the public to understand that they have some responsibilities, and their hands are tied. And and maybe the best example of that, Jacob, is I remember about six eight months ago when a number of franchisees actually tried to rebel against restaurant brands. International for the way that they were treating the franchisees, increasing the costs and not, in other words, letting yeah. these guys take the hit for all the things that were happening in the economy at the time. Well, ultimately, the, the, the actual store owners, the franchisees, they don't have the ability to control prices. They can't actually choose what product they get. Everything that they do relies on what Restaurant Brands International is going to do. So say if they go from a, an actual fresh croissant to one that comes frozen and par-baked. If there's a reduction in quality. Customers are ultimately going to notice, but the franchise owner has no control over it. Whatever Restaurant Brands International does in order to cut the quality of product in order to make money on their end, it's the franchise owner that ultimately has to pay for it. Because Restaurant Brand International, as long as you're signed up as a franchisee, they're always going to get their cut. It's the franchisee who always takes the risk of what head office decides to do. So is it a fair characterization th that I made yesterday that said that essentially... Restaurant Brands International, who owns Tim Hortons and Burger King and a bunch of other places, they knew this was going to happen in Ontario. They, they, they're well aware of this. The debate was going on. They knew that the minimum wage was going up. They could have and should have sat down with the franchisees and say, what can we do to work together on this? In fact, they raised prices last year. They did back in, in August. They said, oh, hey, if that's going up, we're going to have to raise prices. And we as consumers said, well, okay. Now some of these franchisees are coming back in and saying, well, wait, that's not enough. Uh, so, so who's to blame here? Well, 
for the large part, it is Restaurant Brands International because they're in the position of power. Uh, with franchisees, you don't just say, buy a Tim Horton store and it's yours for as long as you're willing to pay. Your license comes up every five years with Restaurant Brands International. And if you, say, do a lawsuit against the company or if you're causing them a lot of trouble or if you're skirting around the way they want to do things, the minute your license comes up, they will deny that application and sell that franchise off to someone else. So if store owners say, well, ultimately you've got to reduce fees or you've got to give us a break so that we can actually pay for these increased employee costs and whatever, we're going to have to pay for more for all these supplies because now you're paying your people and shipping more money in order to get us these things. Like essentially what head office did is says, okay, you guys want to keep your licenses? That's fine. Pay your staff more. We don't have to do anything. They're in the position of power where we make the money everything's good you franchisees you figure it out but they don't actually give them the tools in order to actually do it uh and, and this is by the way why in answer to a number of questions we got in emails that we got about well why don't you have some of the franchisees in uh we did ask uh they don't want to come on and talk about this because they are putting their franchise in peril they can't. Uh, they, because they're going to create some waves and and then when head office when restaurant brands international finds out that franchisee x was on the Bill Kelly show and, and slagging the head office for not doing enough, uh, there's a pretty good chance they could lose that franchise when it comes up for renewal. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they understand the lay of the land. So that's why I wanted to bring you on, uh, because you're not with the company anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, and, and obviously, you're unencumbered when it comes to this. I feel badly for the franchisees, uh, which, by the way, does not exonerate the ones who said, okay, we're going to do this. I think there was probably a more humane way to approach this. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still upset about the fact that, uh, that you know, they're, they're looking at cutting benefits. I think there's other ways uh, that they could address this issue. Or maybe even to, to try to, to sit down with employees and talk about this. But uh, that wasn't forthcoming either. But, but you've offered some insight into this. And I just I think what we've done here and I wanted to do is, is give the public some examples and some ideas as to exactly what some of the challenges are. Uh, that uh, I articulated this in my uh, commentary, and you, you ran it last yesterday, I guess, at 8, 10 in the morning. Uh, this, is, this is a government decision, and whether you agree with it or disagree, that it's a government decision, and it's corporate greed at the head office level that's putting the customers, the franchisees, and certainly the employees at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is we had Marvin Ryder on, I believe it was uh, Monday of this week, or sorry, it was last week. And he was saying, if you could just raise the price of coffee up by a cent or two, you could offset this entire wage increase. And I agree with his math on this. It would be possible. Head office isn't going to bend. Head office doesn't want their price of coffee to go up. The store owners can't do it. They have no way to actually respond to the raising wages of the government. Everything relies on head office somehow bending in some way by increasing prices or by lowering franchise fees in order to assume that franchisees can actually successfully run their business. And they haven't. So now you know. And uh, that doesn't resolve anything, but I think it gives a, a much broader understanding of exactly what's going on. Jake, thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. No problem. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.